Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau says there are roadblocks to getting allies out of Afghanistan. The limiting factor on this is not uh, paperwork or not uh, connections with the Canadian government. The limiting factor on getting people out of Afghanistan right now is people being unable to get to the airport people being unable to actually leave the country. The Conservatives bring forward a plan to enact tougher anti-corruption laws. To clean up a cycle of entitlement and constant scandals when the Prime Minister himself is the subject of three investigations for his conduct, what signal does that send for his team? And as he's formally charged, Major General Danny Fortin says he's been kept in the dark about the case against him. I learned about the general nature of the allegation from a reporter shortly after I was relieved from my job. For the past three months, my family and I have been living this nightmare of not knowing. It's Thursday, August 19th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories on the campaign trail this morning. We're joined by National Post columnist John Iveson. Good morning, John. Morning, Mark. I'm interested in your thoughts on the campaign so far. We're, we're on day five now, and... Uh, Justin Trudeau, the liberal leader, has been putting forward some some ideas. Yesterday he was in Vancouver and with the wildfires in British Columbia, he talked about funding for training more firefighters. But when he answered reporters' questions afterwards, he was forced to answer a lot of questions about the situation in Afghanistan um, and about Major General Danny Fortin, who is, is now facing a criminal charge. Um, and it doesn't feel like we're talking about the issues so far during this campaign that Justin Trudeau wants to. Uh, what do you think about the campaign so far? Well, I think Afghanistan is a big potential for to derail the whole thing. Um, you know, obviously that came really out of the blue. I mean, nobody expected uh, uh, the fact that the Taliban would take Kabul so quickly. So this is something they haven't been able to plan for. Uh, it does sound like they are going to start flying uh, Globemaster military aircraft into Kabul on a regular basis, according to uh, Hajit, Hajit's uh, Sajin. So it does sound like the humanitarian rescue mission to get people out of Kabul will gather pace, in which case a lot of the pressure will come off Trudeau. As far as the Danny Fortan thing, we don't know what the, um, the charge is, although we do know it was three decades old. Uh, and the suspicion is that the uh, the health minister, Paddy Heyju, got rid of him as the uh, as the the point man on vaccine procurement or vaccine uh, distribution uh, because it was an embarrassment to the government. I think most of most of us would hope that our employer was a little bit more loyal than that. So again, it doesn't particularly reflect well on the government. <clears throat> but I don't I don't think that those are issues that that are going to decide this election. The issues that so far, I think, I mean, most people, let's face it, are still not paying attention. They're on holiday, they're, they're in summer mode, and not much is percolating, not much is moving from Twitter, where the people who are engaged in this stuff are commenting, to Facebook, where it's, where it's actually going to catch fire. I think the vaccines issue, where, um, you know, I think the majority of Canadians do support mandatory vaccines. I think Aaron O'Toole got himself into a little bit of trouble by... Um, saying that uh, you know those those people who didn't want to get vaccinated would have to take regular tests. That muddies the waters, and that played into Trudeau's hands a little bit. The other thing I think that um, worked for Trudeau this week was uh, daycare. Um, the, the Conservative platform came out 
it said uh, we will get rid of the liberal daycare plan, which has already been signed up for by eight provinces and two territories, and it looks like Ontario is going to be next. To me, that is just asking for trouble because I think people want $10 a day daycare. Yeah, and, and what do you think of Aaron O'Toole's campaign so far? He's he's put out a, a big chunk of his platform in this magazine-style book, and um, he was talking about anti-corruption measures yesterday, which, of course, is meant to draw attention to some of the ethical issues the government has faced. Um, Aaron O'Toole came into this campaign, I think, with very low expectations around him, talk of, of a lack of confidence even among some of the members of his caucus. Uh, what do you think about... Uh, his campaign so far? I think he's done extremely well, frankly. I mean, I'm talking about the the vaccine issue, but he's in a bit of a box on that because three quarters of Canadians uh, are in favour of mandatory vaccines. The quarter that aren't are his supporters. So he's he's got a bit of a problem there. Uh, On on daycare too, um, you know, there's always been an ideological war on on daycare that it should be, the Conservatives think that parents should be uh, the people who decide on daycare. And it may be that that many do. Many people want the flexibility of getting a tax credit instead of $10 a day daycare. But that apart, I think his platform was was pretty slick. You know, nobody's talked about it yet, but there's a commitment in there to raise the escalator on healthcare costs, on healthcare transfers to the provinces to 6% from 3%. That's going to cost $60 billion over the next 10 years. Nobody's mentioned this. I mean, he hasn't mentioned it yet, which kind of surprises me. And we just saw in the in the Nova Scotia election, that healthcare was the main issue. It turned out in that election that the um, most people in Nova Scotia thought that their lib- provincial Liberal government did a very good job of protecting them during COVID. And then they, the plurality of them went out and voted Conservative. And I think what that says is that that was a post-COVID election, and it may well be the same here, and it may well be that with, uh, by, by hitting on healthcare that O'Toole has got an advantage. I mean, I was interested to see that the, the, um, the Toronto Star reported today that the Liberal platform hasn't finished yet. And I suspect that they are scrambling to match that 6% commitment because um, for the Liberal Party to be outgunned on healthcare spending would be extremely poor for them. Yeah, and are there other lessons, do you think? Is there a lesson in the Nova Scotia election? Uh, I know that there will be people who will say, OK, those are the progressive Conservatives and they... They even outflanked the Liberals in Nova Scotia on on some progressive policies, uh, including health care. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily apply to Aaron O'Toole and Justin Trudeau. But do you think there are uh, some, some, is there a warning there for, for the incumbent Liberals? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, as I, as I just say, I think that uh, on health care transfers at the moment, you know, one of the big successes, in my view, of the Liberal government in the first term was that they, they got a health care agreement uh, where they, they basically knocked off individual provincial governments by saying, take it or leave it. And it was a 3% increase. And that, that was after the 10 years of, or more than 10 years of 6% increases. And, you know, obviously saved the Treasury a, a ton of money, but now the provinces are demanding are demanding more. And in this instance, at the moment, Erin O'Toole is more progressive. I think the other uh, interesting thing is that... Um, Ian Rankin, the Premier in Nova Scotia, called a snap election because the polls suggested that he could convert his minority into a majority. You know, where does that, how does that sound familiar? Yeah. Um, and, it, and it turned out that, the, you know, one poll earlier this summer had Rankin's party 28 points ahead. I mean, it looked like it was a slam dunk. 
and yet, um, you know, campaigns matter. This in Nova Scotia, they had a good leader, a good platform, and a good campaign. And I think O'Toole is a, is a good leader. I mean, he's worked particularly hard. You know, he's trimmed down. He's worked hard on his French. Uh, he's in command of his subject matter. I think he's doing pretty well. I, I, I quibble with the uh, the front cover of the magazine. I mean, it became a talking point. And, you know, I mean, that's what a 48 guy looks like in a T-shirt. No, nothing wrong with that. He's considerably younger than me and he's in good shape. But, um, you know, he's the serious guy. And he, frankly, to me, he should have been on the front page with a, an open-neck shirt on looking like he was about to become Prime Minister. So some of their communications is a little odd. I mean, we, that's even without talking about the, the Willy Wonka ad. But I think substantively they are in good shape. I mean, at the moment, the expectations for, the, for them are almost non-existent. And I think anybody who sees this campaign in action is going to be surprised. You could argue about the GST holiday. I think it's, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be hugely expensive, probably not needed from a stimulus point of view. But, you know, we, some of us have said, well, you, O'Toole, you need to be a little bit more energetic and a little bit more imaginative. And, you know, it's frivolous, but it's people are going to notice it. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that gets people's attention, right? Um, yeah. Like, like the... The cut to the GST that uh, that former Prime Minister Stephen Harper put into place. Um, and right, I mean, it's, it's easily understood. People yeah. understand it, right? as opposed to some of these other things which are too hard to understand. Yeah, and what about the NDP? Because the, the other risk for the Liberals, of course, is that in some ridings, the NDP vote increases, uh, not not necessarily enough for an NDP member of Parliament to be elected, but enough for, to, to take votes away from the Liberal candidate and then that writing goes to the Conservatives. Uh, what do you think of the NDP campaign under Jagmeet Singh? I think they're going pretty well. I mean, uh, you know, you're now starting to see them above 20% in the polls, which <clears throat> is always good news for the Conservatives. Not so good for the Liberals. He's hitting the right notes as far as what the things that uh, that NDP supporters care about. Uh, the other day he was talking about uh, clawing money back from uh, from companies that uh, took the, the, uh, the wage subsidy. And then uh, used it to for dividends and, and corporate uh, an executive pay. I don't think there's many people in the country would say that that's not a a good idea. Problem problem being, of course, you're probably going to have to lit- litigate till the cows come home to get that money back. Uh, similarly, you know, I think a large part of his, his platform will be paid for by this wealth tax, and uh, we've yet to see the PBO's judgment on this. But we saw the but there was a similar proposal in 20, 2019. And the PBO's estimate was much, much lower than the NDP's very generous estimate of how much it would bring in, mainly because people, wealthy people, find ways not to pay tax if if they feel can, if they feel it's uh, yeah too too egregious. All right, it's been an interesting first few days to the campaign, John. We'll see where we go from here. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's John Iveson of the National Post. So proud of the candidates we have, and I was really, really proud of the team and the and the vision we laid out for Nova Scotians. And I knew that it was resonating with Nova Scotians. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In McLean's, Stephen Marr argues Nova Scotia proves an unhappy test run for the Liberals. Marr writes, Tim Houston's upset victory in the Nova Scotia election might be giving the federal Liberals reason to wonder if they would have been wiser to hold off on the election, they hope will give them a majority. The result is not inherently predictive, since this is just one small province and the dynamic in Atlantic provincial elections is typically not very partisan. 
But as test runs go, it's not a good one for the federal Liberals. At National Newswatch, Alex Marland asks just how important is this election? Marland writes, Justin Trudeau says this might be the most important election since 1945. But it will take years before we can assess the validity of his rhetoric about the importance of the 2021 vote. Nobody has a crystal ball to foresee what the government will do in the coming years. But one thing seems certain, this election is vitally important to Trudeau's political legacy. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues Aaron O'Toole is failing in his responsibility. The Star writes, Ontario's ruling party is telling all its MPPs that they must be vaccinated. If the Doug Ford government, reluctant as it has been to invoke vaccine mandates, realizes the importance of political leaders setting an example in this crucial area, where does that leave the federal conservative leader? The answer is in a very awkward position. Aaron O'Toole talks a good line about the importance of vaccines, but won't extend the same logic to his own party's candidates. Now, here's what's coming up on the campaign trail today. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will make an announcement in support of seniors in Victoria, British Columbia. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will be in Ottawa and also has virtual telephone town halls scheduled with voters in New Brunswick and Ontario. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is in Edmonton, where he will make an announcement about health care. Green Party leader Annamie Paul will be campaigning in Toronto. And Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold a news conference on health transfers in Gatineau, Quebec. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, August the 19th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say every weekday on CPAC starting at 12 Eastern Time. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.